it's not our, our darkness that frightens us the most, it's actually our light. It's, it's the power that we have over others and the power we can have over others to have an impact. What we're about in leadership is how do you really have an impact in every moment? When we as leaders can understand our own strengths but then also spot them in others, we actually lift the performance of those around us and we lift our own performance. When you start to focus on what you are naturally strong at and good at, what we focus on grows. Welcome to episode 162 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Leadership skills are not necessarily innate. Like any skill, they require training and practice. Effective leadership can include a broad range of skills and a wide range of management styles. The challenge within this is to identify your own unique leadership style. Matt Cesaro and Mia Hanschen are the co-founders of Leaders HP, a business focused on helping to develop leaders from the inside out. Their mission is to support leaders to develop higher perspective, purpose, and ultimately to lift their performance in leadership. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Matt and Mia share their stories on how to build positive leadership skills. The dynamic duo focus on their personal growth, share some of their valuable teachings, and develop the discussion about storytelling, self-authorship, and setting values. This is Mia and Matt's version of Be The Drop. James Cridlin, podnews.net editor and international podcast speaker, is coming to Adelaide on Wednesday, 23rd of October to present the latest data on podcasting trends from around the world. I'm super excited to host this event and would love to see you there. Head to bit.ly slash podnewsadelaide or hit the link in the show notes to book. And if you use the code HEROES, you'll even jag a discount. Mia and Matt, thank you so much for joining me on the next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for having us. Now, to get us started, you're going to explain to us your item of significance and what that is and how it connects you with what you do in your story. Well, to start with, our business logo is a labyrinth. And besides it being one of my favourite movies growing up. You remind me of the babe. (laughs) We won't go there. Um, (laughs) It is about leadership being a little bit of a maze and there's some treasure in the middle that if we can find that and find a way out with that treasure, we can do some pretty amazing things. So I guess that's one thing we'd like to talk some more about. Yeah, I think that's a really good symbol for us because we've both been in the maze of leadership. You know, we've both found, you know, dead end corridors and walls that were too high to climb and, you know, pathways that we thought were taking us in a particular direction, but ended up, you know, going in a completely opposite direction. And what's lovely about the use of the labyrinth is that it flips the idea of a maze, you know, on its head, that when you actually walk a labyrinth, anyone who's done that as a mindfulness practice, you actually start at the centre and you find your way out. So when we talk about what Leaders HP stands for and what we do, 
we're about developing leaders from the inside out, getting them to their centre and helping them to navigate the maze of leadership, which we know is a pretty challenging maze to navigate, right? So we've found our way out and we're really passionate about helping others to find their way also. Mm. Oh, I love that. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you. And there's also another layer to this story and I suppose potentially connection with the labyrinth. And that is how you came to be, you know, in a joint business because you were previously working separately. So perhaps if you can elaborate on that aspect of it as well. Yeah, well, I guess from from my point of view, after working um, in large teams and organisations in the public service for just over 20 years and then flipping that to working essentially solo for three years in my own business, uh, it was a bit of a shock to the system. And I love my own company. Um, I'm one of my own favourite people. Um, but working, but, go you, yeah. But working, but working solo. And even though you're collaborating with people, you are essentially holding a lot um, by yourself. So for me, whilst that was a great experience to to go out and do that, uh, to create a business and and to work solo, that the more I started to work in collaboration with others in creation, I think that's the big thing that. I gain from starting a business is it's a creative process and we know about the creative process and how rich it can be when other people are involved in that, particularly when they share similar you know, passions and values, um, which obviously we do for the work that we do. So coming from very different backgrounds, but very aligned in our why around this work and our values. So the timing of that, I guess, is um, I'm a believer in right place, right person, right time. Mm. And I think in this case, it was probably the, the case for both of us. I have a really public story when it comes to leadership and, you know, I was headlong down the pathway uh, into a position of authority myself in politics for a period of time, um, certainly through the media uh, and chairing the board of the Environment Protection Authority. And so I'd always thought that my purpose was to be out there myself. And I came to a certain point in my career where some shit had hit the fan and I was really taking stock. And I got some advice, which actually had me turn myself inside out and actually realised that instead of rising to the top myself, I really felt deeply passionate about wanting to help others, many others, to do the work to figure out who they are, what they stand for, what they want to do in leadership out there. And, you know, so I turned a real corner in terms of my career path and working in my own consultancy in the leadership development field um, was great for a period of time. But meanwhile, I was, you know, I was doing that part-time whilst raising uh, three small children. And, you know, and I got to a point where it felt really important for me, um, particularly, and I, you know, became a single parent and that became really important for me to start to join forces. And it was fantastic timing and alignment that, you know, Matt was also ready to take that step into business partnership when we both were. And um, I think, you know, what we've created in Leaders HP is going to make a significant impact in terms of um, leaders, both, you know, in South Australia. And our vision is to to move beyond um, our fine state to to impact the lives of, of leaders uh, elsewhere. And we also are about facilitating change 
as well. So we're not just about developing leaders, we're also in the strategic facilitation and change conversation space too. Mm. Oh, there's a couple of great things that I want to unpack there. Firstly, Matt, you mentioned that your values and your why really aligned with Mia. And I, I you know, that's something that I think is really important in business. Could you just explain a little bit about that and why you thought that was so important and really, you know, made this partnership work? Great question. And I guess for, for me, one of the big drivers has always been authenticity. And I, th- I think about my story and why that's the case. Um, my leadership journey in in government, and I had a, a great career in government and was really fulfilling on many levels. I found myself often, though, grappling with a sense of who I felt I was to my core and the sort of leader I felt I needed to be to to fit in, to hit the KPIs, to to lead the change. And I guess for me, what really stood out was this challenge around how do I lead authentically for me in a way that's about connecting with other people, thinking about how do I then help other leaders do the same thing? And one of the great things about the work we get to do is then explore and really be clear about what that means for us and help others to do the same. So for me, it is really about being able to be real and honest and courageous um, to own my shit and own not just my my struggles, but also own my strengths and my gifts and be willing to to do something with them. Marianne Williamson has a quote and she talks about it's not our, our darkness that frightens us the most, it's actually our light. It's it's the power that we have over others and the power we can have over others to have an impact. Me use the word impact. We use that word a lot because what we're about in leadership is how do you really have an impact in every moment, every single moment, every single interaction? So for me, that's kind of the authenticity piece. And in working with Mia in partnership, it was really clear how important that was for her as well. There are a couple of others that are really strongly aligned. And one of those is also around um, joy and fun, enjoying what you do and you know, holding holding that sense of playfulness around what you do and without you know talking too much about the the science of that and how that helps the creative process and how it helps our performance but um, really being strongly aligned on, on those values has been really important. They're just a couple. We've probably got four mm. or five we could talk mm. about. Well, um, and I love that. And yeah. you crossed over with Mia saying impact and facilitating change. And that is something that, you know, I think is so important. And particularly when you're looking at, at a leadership space. In terms of being out there and being in leadership roles ourselves, we understand, you know, from from that personal experience how challenging it is that we're often required to step up into positions or step out before we've done that work and created the shifts of thinking or the adjustments of heart or the the changes of heart and the adjustments of perspective that can be really valuable in being then able to facilitate change in our teams, in our organisations, in our workplaces, and then ultimately in our communities. So we know that you know, when we're talking about facilitating change, you know, we actually mean, you know, from the individual out. I was just thinking about the change that I've personally experienced throughout my career, the change of perspective, you know, how the turning points, the corner turning moments and stories that I now share with other leaders to help them 
to create new perspective as well um, and to, to own the shit stuff and the, the challenges and, and, and to learn and to make meaning of that. I was just reflecting on, as you were sharing, how we line up on the authenticity piece, Matt, that, you know, it wasn't always the case for me that I sat neatly inside that value because I was really intent on saving the world and making sure I got it right and projecting a particular image or perception of who I should be. And I think, you know, that's a really interesting thing that we help to hold the mirror up um, with leaders that we work with is to say, you know, who do you think you should be and who are you really? And Peter Gers actually did that for me Mm. um, when I was 19 and I was first writing a column for the newspaper, The Advertiser here. And for me, it was a really formative moment when, you know, I was a new, new columnist. I didn't know what columnists really did, but I was asked to write as you know, the voice of youth to provide a perspective on whatever issue, current issue, from the environment to social justice to education, any anything that I wanted every week, and I did that for ten years. But you know, as I was very fresh and green, also fresh out of high school, just starting studies um, at University of Adelaide in law, and so I was very earnest, very serious, very perfectionistic about getting things right and making sure the argument, you know, had all the facts from the head right? And I um, presented alongside Peter one day and, you know, I'd researched the particular issue to within an inch of my life and I'd scripted myself and I thought that I'd done a reasonable job. And I think he stood there in the auditorium and just told this fantastic story about his vision of the future. Um, and in the week, on the weekend in the Sunday Mail, he wrote me up in his, you know how he used to have his good, the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. column? Well, I was in his bad section. And remember, I'm 19, okay, so (laughs) I'm just putting my voice out there for the first time and he's written, you know, very intelligent but very boring. And I've gone, oh, my God, how, how mortifying. How on earth can I put myself out there again? And it took me a while to lick my wounds. But when I then gathered myself at the next social opportunity, I said to him, well, can you give me a bit of feedback, Peter? And he said, I'll oh, just talk about yourself a bit more. I was like, no, I'm 19. You don't talk about yourself. It's not cool. Besides, you know, this column is about putting important stuff out there. And he said, no, no, no. He said, people don't want to know what you think. You know, that's not going to change their minds, really. What they want to know is who you are and why you hold a particular opinion and where you come from in holding that. Speak from the heart, he said. You know, so for me, that was a massive lesson in being more real. And it's taken me a long time. But for me, that's a core value in leading my life, as well as doing the work that I do in supporting other leaders to be all of them and to understand why and who and where they come from and to be able to tell the story of that. Mm. Oh, now that is a wonderful story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, Peter Gers, what a fantastic man, a bit harsh on that occasion, but, you know, for you to then take away what a positive learning, that's great. Yeah, he's a good mate now. Yeah, he knows oh, good. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So we don't need to do a, you know, watch out, Peter. No, no, no. no. But it does, it does speak to that uh, message, I guess, around, uh, and, and I've 
held that for so many years myself, being being with people, leading teams in front of a new group for the first time. It's like, okay, what can I say, what can I say here that's going to get across really quickly how smart I am and how much stuff I know? And we work with leaders around understanding that what sits in our own psychology around that and as a human being what we're trying to achieve through that sense of you know wanting to be respected and liked and connect um, but the authenticity piece is knowing a little bit about what's happening inside of us and sharing actually who we are and what we're about so we go in front of a group for the first time it's like what story can we tell or what story can I tell that is relevant to the stuff we're going to be doing together that gives a bit of who I am but also opens up more than okay the stuff we know but ultimately this is about stories and the inside out piece which is where are you now how is where you are now and who you are now informed by your story of the past and then how do you shape the story of the future you know we were talking just this morning about this not this metaphor of writing your own book as we all are you know if we sit here right here right now we have a metaphorical pen in our hand and we're writing this chapter that we're in and tomorrow we'll start the next one so we really love to work in that space of really unpacking what informs all of the, all of the stuff that drives our behavior and how do we start to see some of those stories we're always telling ourselves stories subconsciously how do we start to see some of those those that are really lifting us and empowering us and also the ones that are actually keeping us uh, in a really really safe place that might be holding us back some of those limiting beliefs so one other value that we're really big about is growth which for me is about always being a work in progress hold, hold a little bit of compassion for yourself that you're always you're always growing you're always learning and to do that we need to be a bit uncomfortable sometimes so how do we create a safe space that's a little bit uncomfortable so we can go to some of those places that people are going to find some of the the nuggets of treasure so to speak in the middle of the labyrinth somewhere mm, well yeah and i and i love what you're talking there about the power of stories you mean you're speaking my language yeah. <laughs> um, but you know and it's interesting because calling my business narrative marketing six years ago the conversations around storytelling weren't as prevalent as they are now and it's really exciting because you know if i if i would introduce myself and say oh, i'm a chief storyteller and people go oh so do you work at kindergarten <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they yeah. think stories are for kids. But I think, you know, there's been a shift and uh-huh. I've certainly seen that. And now and now we're talking much more about and there were there were people that have been talking about this for a long time, but it's becoming much more widespread about talking about stories. Yeah. And the power in business of stories. Oh, absolutely. And I mean we talk about it as a key leadership skill. You know, the leaders of the future, you know, from all of the research showing that authenticity engage and the ability to communicate effectively and to be aware of their executive presence is is really key. And, you know, we certainly teach public speaking and presentation skills as one of our offerings. And, you know, we actually say, let's put aside the old notions of presentations and public speaking and let's learn how to become storytellers. And we use story in terms of organisational change process to help you know, leaders and, you know, everyone participating in a change process to actually see the story of the whole, um, the past, present, and then to be able to shape the future based on that. So it is a really important skill. Glad you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and not a kindergarten teacher at all. No, no. And sharing that excitement of story. And it's it's great yeah. because people are really embracing that. And it is, but it is part of going into the uncomfortableness because talking yeah. about <laughs> what you do, 
how you do it, the mm-hmm. process, procedure type stuff is a safe space. People Absolutely. can tell that sort of story. But yeah. talking about your heart and why you think you should be doing it, why you're passionate about it, why you believe in it, that opens you up to vulnerability. Yeah. And that's where you've got to take it, which is what, exactly what you're talking about. So then, you know, if you're working with these leaders, what are some of the key things that you think, you know, is there a couple of um, things that people can do that really stand out or key learnings that you could share around how to sort of start this journey into mm. leadership, you know, and, yeah. and positive leadership. Our inside-out tips. Yeah. Well, look, you asked a great question before about values mm-hmm. and we often start there. If we don't make those conscious, if we don't become really clear about what they are for us at this point in our lives because they can change. But I know for me doing that piece has been so valuable in being able to share that and understand in any given moment how they're showing up. So certainly one of our tips around um, starting from the inside and working out would be, so what are the key things that, that drive you, that drive what's important to you, the way you want to show up? If people are having a conversation and telling stories about being with you, what sort of things are they talking about? What was it like to be in your presence and what did you stand for? So for for us doing that work has been really valuable and just love doing it with leaders and not just the the what, but Maybe where does that value come from? Mm. And also how would you speak to it? You know, we talked about even the power of language and interpretation around that. So even when you're talking about storytelling and people are thinking about you reading books like Bear Under Dr. Seuss's storytelling. When you come home and someone says, how was your day? Or you bump into the local barista and he says, what have you been up to? A lot of those conversations are all stories. And I think that's the point that we sometimes miss in this mm. so stories it's just laced with values so i think values um would be a great starting point absolutely yeah articulating our values as verbs you know saying what we mean meaning what we say and then being able because we've clarified that to live what we say is meaningful is really key for us and i think secondly in terms of another inside out tip i learned the very painful way that i was really plagued by a lot of deficit thinking You know, I worked in the very fast-paced world of uh, the federal government. I was a ministerial advisor for a period of time and reflecting back on that time, it was a really tough time because I was tough on myself. And this is part of the inside-out work that I've done that we do now to help leaders to look at their thoughts, to think about their thinking and to realise that some of the stress that we create and some of the things that we trip over are the internal stories we tell ourselves. And I spent a lot of time coming home from very weary, from long days, stressful days, telling myself the story over and over that I'm not comparing to this person or that person, I'm not good at this or that, and really... Uh, emphasizing my deficits. I used to literally make lists of my leadership deficits Mm. and it's painful to say it now. I wouldn't speak to my kids in the way that I spoke to myself and yet a lot of leaders are plagued with that. So we help leaders to look at what's going on inside their thinking and then to redirect them. And there's plenty of research and science backing this, that when you focus instead of on the deficits or the weaknesses in you, but you get clear about what your strengths are, and there's some really simple diagnostics that can help you do that, um, like the Values in Action Survey, and we work with that from a positive psychology perspective. You can do it free. When you start to focus on what 
you are naturally stronger and good at, what we focus on grows. And when we as leaders can understand our own strengths, but then also spot them in others, we actually lift the performance of those around us and we lift our own performance. We're most energized, we're most authentic, we're most productive. And that's been a really key tip um, for me in terms of, yeah, what did I use to trip over? What do I now own in me that I celebrate as the positive instead of fixating on the what I can't do well enough stuff because that's that's not healthy or or really helpful for anybody that we're leading to mm. be that way inclined. Mm. Yeah, and there are strengths of skill set, but particularly strengths of character is where we like to focus. Um, and because strengths of character, we can absolutely own. And we can then look at those and go, well, how do I apply them in this challenge? How do I apply them in this context? How can I use them more and more often and more intentionally? So it's, we love to work with the elements of character, which again, um, connect to our values. How do they show up in the way we behave day to day? Yeah, that's that's another another great point around having a strengths focus and speaks a bit to my story as well of, mm. yeah, what else do I need to be able to do more of or do I need to be more of a hard ass if I'm going to take that next senior leadership position? Or actually, what are the things that I've been able to do really well to get me this far and can I flip my focus a bit and just do more of those um, or do those in new ways? So that's the stuff that we've learned that we love to work with leaders on. Mm, yeah, it's that positive framing but using the lens to look at yourself, which sometimes is challenging okay I'm going to flip the question slightly I want to talk about you know how it's gone going from separate consultancies to a partnership so that was June this year is that right so well, it's not very long July, <laughs> it's a new baby. July 1 officially yeah. uh, I think we made an official decision late May early June so you know nothing like leaving things to the last minute we and, are pressure prompted in that regard yeah we are mm-hmm. we are and being um, being a recovering accountant you know July 1 for me felt nice and clean so I would like <laughs> recovering just, accountant let's I love just, that let's just do this <laughs> and uh, we'll just mop up the mess afterwards but it hasn't been quite uh, quite too painful you know, we say it's a new baby and it's sort of keeping us awake at night sometimes. <laughs> but no, actually, I mean, because we'd been working together for uh, alongside one another um, for a couple of years on and off that, yeah, we, I think I think we've we knew each other well enough to be able to look each other in the eye, which is <laughs> something we do frequently. And uh, yeah, and to be able to, to get along and we've built you know, in a very short space of time, we've done a significant amount in terms of getting our business systems organised. Thank you, partner. We've also employed someone full time and she is an absolute gem. Belle is our business support alchemist and we've got a team of associates as well. So we, we work, you know, beautifully with a team of people that we've we've worked with for quite some time, but we're just doing that under a new banner. So it's in many ways it's business as usual, but just forming a new identity and that's been the the substance of the work that we've been doing the last couple of months and still ongoing, you know, website in progress and work in progress and, you know, all, all of those things are starting to shape, take shape. So the recovering perfectionist in me that just wants to have everything just so before we start to put our things out there, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching that thinking and I'm just going with it. Just putting stuff out there and letting go. (laughs) Yeah, good to know. My reflection is interesting that we are as busy now as we probably, I don't know, individually, certainly in this space have ever been and it seems to be continuing to grow, which is great. However, I probably feel less stressed than I did before when I was Mm. doing 
doing this work on my own, albeit busy, but maybe not quite as busy. So I think there is something in the, the sense of the collective working with like-minded people and having a sense of team. And I've obviously felt that at different stages in my career and in certain teams as well. But when you're creating something in that process as well, and there's a sense of a collective around that, it's it's quite fulfilling. So in answer to your question, uh, yeah, it's it's so far so good. Early days, I'm sure. Um, you know, there'll be lots of challenges that go along the way. And we're getting support through that process from a coaching point of view as well. And a great friend of ours, Adam Frampton, who's helping us out. And, mm. you know, I think that's important too, that we continue to live our value of growth, that mm. we don't have all the answers and nor will we ever get to that point. So I don't believe mastery is an end game. I think it's an ongoing one. So continuing to grow ourselves and do our own personal professional development, I think is important as well. Oh, good. And from a communication business building perspective, what has been, and even previously as, as consultants separately, what has been the way that you've found getting new clients and growing that business? What's been most effective for you? Oh, one Delivering word. quality work. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, word of mouth has actually been the really key thing that's, you know, filled our pipelines. It's one thing after the other. And we haven't, we haven't deliberately done a huge push in terms of marketing because we have um, been fortunate to have that, you know, ongoingly. Would you, what, what would you say to that? Just the one buddy? word that comes to mind is relationships. Yeah, you know, and the work we do is is so based on foundations of trust because you're going in to work with people, whether it's facilitation or leadership. You're working with them on certainly the level we like to work with people. You know, you're going in inside heads and you're asking provocative. You know, questions and there needs to be a really high level of trust in who you are and what you're about I think and mm. um, so the relationships for me has been a big one the relationships also are unique because we're unique as individuals so I remember a conversation I had when I first started where I was saying well there's so many people out there doing this stuff mm. I really love to do it and like to create create it in my own way but there's so many people doing it the response was but there's only one of you there is only one of me so if I did it my way that actually will be unique and that's I guess what we're holding now is doing it our way and the feedback we get which is which is great and validating and to continue to do it our way and and um, deliver quality work and yeah yeah people talk yeah and I think that's a really great response in that we at the core of our approach in business is that doing what we do you know leadership development and facilitating change we won't take anyone we work with anywhere we haven't been ourselves so you know we have a as within so with our approach and walking our talk so I think that's really key um, as part yeah. of you know the relationship piece that whenever we walk into an organization that trust building process is to say we're not going to deliver in concepts or models or frameworks that we don't use ourselves or we're not prepared to tell a story about how it's been useful for us it's, mm. Yeah, it's about people. I mean, you know, often those out there in this game may be excellent at delivering the methodology or the theory, but ultimately we know that leadership, you know, is never about the tools. Of course, we deliver and help people with their tool sets, but it's always about the relationships behind that and the mindsets of the individual leaders. So mm. that's what comes first for us. Yeah, and it's the, how they implement the tools. That's right. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Well, yeah. thank you so much. In conclusion, though, can I get from each of you your be the drop tip? For me, it's about um, being speaking from the heart 
and being real about where you've been. So sharing the story, sharing your story, the real story behind your life and your journey. And so I always say start at the heart. Any presentation, any bit of marketing, I think absolutely, and that's why we love what you do, um, it's got to start at the heart and, and stories connect best with people. It delivers the engagement that we're all looking for. Fantastic. I couldn't agree more. Speaking to where people are. So I think communicating for influence is about understanding who you're speaking to and what's of, what's of importance to them, what matters to them, what are they afraid of, focusing on connection over content first, and then yeah, really speaking to the hearts and minds of other people. Often I think when, particularly when we're passionate about things, we can get lost in our own dialogue, our own story. And I think it's, it has to be about the purpose of the person you're speaking to. And I think I'm always holding that in myself of I'm telling this story because it offers this value to the the group or the, the person I'm speaking to and can help create an insight for them. So I think focusing on other people and in that communication, I think for me is another one to add to that. Oh, I love both of those be the drop tips. Thank you so much, Matt and Mia for coming and sharing so many valuable insights. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.